This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. And now, the moment you've all been waiting for. You're tuned in to Tapped Out. Hosted by Brendan Tobin and Sean Levine. Only on the BetQL Network. And a good Saturday evening, wherever you're checking us out on the BetQL Network. Welcome into Tapped Out with Enrique and Jake Noaker and my co-host, Brendan Tobin. I am merely the sports machine, Sean Levine, here with you to talk a little fighting and to make a little money over the next couple of hours. And we've got some news, Brendan. Francis Ngannou signs with the PFL. John Jones and Tyson Fury chirping back and forth. We've got all kinds of fight announcements, and we've got a big boxing matchup tonight. But first, on to our lead story. Are you seeing my face here, dude? Are you not going to ask me what happened? Do you see these lips? Yeah, what happened, dude? What's going on there? Thank you. All right, you're not supposed to take your radiator cap off when it's hot, apparently. And uh, I was never given that bit of information, and I did that yesterday. Not proud of myself. Shot off like a geyser, my guy, oh. all over my face. Thank oh. God I was wearing sunglasses, and thank God I've got this good-looking beard because if not, my modeling career might have officially Jeez. ended. So, so it just yeah. popped off, shot off like a bullet right into your face? Bro, it was terrifying. I mean, not only did the thing pop off and spray all over my face, but I had to have swallowed a cap full of it. And again, didn't get in my eyes, so I'm playing hurt, but I'm here and I feel lucky. I think it could have been a whole lot worse. So let's talk some fighting. Where now we know where Francis Ngannou lands, and that is the PFL. First of all, I think that as this story kind of started rolling on, I'm not all that surprised that this ended up being his landing spot, right? Jake Paul connected his name to it. They're kind of an up-and-coming promotion that's been doing things the right way. They've obviously got that million-dollar payday, and they've got all these other incentives. And Francis Ngannou, once he signed, he makes all this money, and we'll break down the contract and all that first. Now that Francis Ngannou is in the PFL, what do you think that means overall for him, for the organization, now that we have these results? Um, I mean, I think it's cool that Francis was able to seemingly get as much as he wanted to get. So that's, that's always a great thing. I mean, PFL is doing some interesting stuff, uh, from, you know, people getting a chance to fight for a million dollars, their way they broadcast different ways, you know, bringing in Jake Paul, you know, having Clarissa Shields box, like they are unorthodox. And so this, I think to them is like their real first home run swing into, you know, we're a major player here. We want to be maybe the number two mixed martial arts organization, maybe passing Bellator. There are rumors that maybe they're going to buy Bellator. Mm. You know, that seems to be true or under. I'm not sure if that's true or not, but like there are a lot of stuff. There's a lot of stuff swirling around there. So they seem like they are setting up to take some big hacks. And this is the biggest one that you can make. Um, I think it's, it's, that's, that's great on them. And I think the big thing is, you know, can they find matchups that will really care about, um, 
and that's and that's I think the biggest the, the biggest thing they gotta look out for because you know with Francis leaving the UFC, it's it's not on him because it's not all on him, but it, it just leaves us with you know the number one fight we all want, which is him versus John Jones, and we're not gonna get it. There's a polar bear at the Kansas City Zoo, and I don't know if he's got a fight coming up because that's the problem. Now you got Francis Ngannou, the baddest man on the planet, a heavyweight, a big dude. Who's he going to fight? But we're going to bring on Sean O'Connell coming up here in a little while, the voice of the PFL, and we'll ask him those type of things. We'll talk about the progress of the PFL, if he's surprised that they landed Francis Ngannou. Also, we're going to bring on Eric Richter from the New York Post and betting insider Matty Betts to help us make a little bit of money on some upcoming fights. With Ngannou, now with the PFL, we talk about the opponents and who's going to be in all these different things. Do you still think that he's going to box before we actually see him in the PFL, or do you think that conversation has been had? It sounds like he is. I, I still am very, uh, I'm very confused by the heavyweight division in boxing right now because there seems to be a big impasse on any of these big name guys getting fights and the be there being the money for it, you know. Uh, Bob Arum came out this week as he's promoting the Devin Haney Lomachenko fight this weekend and was saying that, you know, Tyson Fury, it looks like he's not going to fight until December. And Fury then comes out and he's like trying to call out Usyk and he's trying to get a fight. He wants to fight in the summer. You know, Tyson Fury is a guy who doesn't like to stay too inactive. And so with him not having a fight, Deontay Wilder not having a fight, Anthony Joshua not having a fight, uh, Andy Ruiz not having a fight, it feels like one of these guys could raise their hand and make a whole lot of money fighting the 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 former UFC heavyweight champion. Um, I don't see any like for sure rumors out there because I think people are a little bit wary on you know what it's going to take. What is the appetite for it? But I feel like there's going to be a pretty big appetite for it, um, especially something like him versus Wilder. It's just a question of like who wants to step up and and uh, and fight Francis and who wants to put the money up for it. But yeah, I think that that option is there for him because it sounds like the PFL is still trying to get their ducks in a row for who Francis is going to fight. Pardon me for asking a, maybe an ignorant question, but what's the damn holdup? I understand why boxing can't make these fights when they're supposed to because they've got all these different camps and all these different promotions and people always want to be the A-side and people have egos. But when it comes to this, because you keep pointing this out, that none of these heavyweights have fights in Ganu. And Ghana wants to box so bad that he left the UFC and he also put it in his next contract that I'm able to box before I join the PFL. So that contract, even though it's signed, essentially doesn't start until the middle of next year. So dude can do whatever he wants. What's the damn holdup here? Like if you're Tyson Fury, it seems like your name's big enough and Ghana, no pun intended, is big enough. I'm not saying it's going to be McGregor versus Mayweather, but damn, both those, what did McGregor make? In that fight, he made like what 15, 18 million. I think that Floyd cashed like 30, 35 million, whatever it was. Even if you make half of it, what's the damn holdup? Um, I think it's a couple of things. I think one, you know, I, I think that they didn't know who Francis was going to be with. So, like, is it going to be a UFC thing? Is that going to be a holdup? I do think that a lot of boxing promoters were probably scared off by the fact that they would have had to work with Dana White. Now that they know that That's they won't, maybe, maybe that this uh, pushes some things along. As far as Tyson, Tyson's an interesting guy because it's like he mentions that he wants to fight Francis but doesn't technically really want to do it in a boxing fight. He wants to do it in some hybrid fight and kind of get that because a lot of people think that, you know, Tyson Fury in a boxing match against Francis Ngannou is a huge mismatch. He's a lot bigger than him. He's obviously a much better boxer than him. Um, 
but it is all the spectacle for it. So I think that there's just there's there's curiosity from promoters about how many people are going to be interested in this. What's going to be the appetite to see him do it? You and I have talked about this uh, a bunch of times on the show. To me, the one that makes the most sense is Deontay Wilder. Yeah. But it seems like Deontay Wilder is trying to get uh, some things in line for him to fight Anthony Joshua. And I got to be honest with you, you know, the way Joshua's looked lately, I think I'm more interested in Deontay fighting Francis than I am him fighting AJ. The loudest conversation this week has actually been Tyson Fury going back and forth with John Jones. So if you're not in on this, Joe Rogan on his podcast said a couple of weeks ago that if John Jones and Tyson Fury got in a street fight, Tyson Fury would essentially get beat down and it wouldn't take very long. And it's, it's always the fun conversation to have. And they've been going back and forth. That one isn't going anywhere, at least for a while, but it is, you know, kind of fun to talk about nonetheless. Uh, let's stay in the boxing ring because we've got a big one tonight. Devin Haney takes on Vasily Lomachenko. Your odds right now, you can get Lomachenko at underdog money, two to one, in fact, plus 200. Devin Haney at Bet MGM right now is minus 225. Let's start with the Lomachenko side of things. He's won a few fights since he lost to Teofimo Lopez. Is, is he the guy to step up, do you think, and take Devin Haney's O tonight? The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I can see why there's value there because Devin Haney at times has looked like if he gets aggressive or if he tries to make mistakes, you can get him and you can surprise him with some certain shots. If you can get him off balance. The problem is, is that you need Devin Haney to dictate that. So if Devin Haney wants to fight his typical conservative, pure boxing style, then I have a hard time believing Lomachenko is going to be able to get inside the range. I mean, he has a big size disadvantage here. Devin Haney's a very big lightweight. Lomachenko is probably not even cut for this division, but this is where he's been fighting, even though he's been champion there. So it's a tough one for him for sure, because Devin Haney, you know, has such a great ability to keep guys at range. Um, so Lomachenko's going to have to risk some things. The only thing that I would say for Lomachenko that's a benefit is not a lot of power coming the other way. So maybe he can, maybe he feels like he can throw a little bit more caution to the wind. It's a much tougher fight than Haney has had his last couple of fights where he's fought George Ferocious Cambosis, the former uh, lineal lightweight champion. I mean, you know, Vasily's a, a little bit more unorthodox. He just comes from different angles. Uh, he's got more pop, got a little bit more snap on his shots. So I, I definitely think that's a much more dangerous fight than Haney's had recently. But he's just such a good, pure boxer. And if he doesn't, if you can't make him uncomfortable and you can't break him in the game plan, which is very, very hard to do, even at his young age, um, it's just, it's, it's tough to see a path to victory, especially for Lomachenko trying to get inside that range, 
um, and really hit him with something that bothers him. But, you know, sometimes Devin Haney does like to open things up, and sometimes Devin Haney does like to put a little bit of, uh, you know, silenced noise that he's a boring fighter. And I think that you see all this Javante Davis buzz that's been going on, even though that it's his division that he's the king of. Javante Davis is the most popular guy, so maybe this is one of those fights like he did against Linares where he tries to open it up, throw a little bit something, and that could present some opportunities for Lomachenko. And speaking of Tank Davis, of course, coming off the win against Ryan Garcia a couple of weeks ago, a lot of people think that if Haney wins this fight, that's what's coming up next for Tank Davis. Which was the better, uh, which was the better face-off? Was it Lomo Haney or was it uh, what we saw last night in that Miami Heat game, Grant Williams and Jimmy Butler? Oh, that, Dude. Well, Dude. I, listen, that was so good. I mean, that was that that picture is going to be up in the uh, in the heat hallways one day with his stare down with Grant Williams. But man, what a mistake by him! I mean, the last guy that you should ever agitate in a basketball game. The heat hallways. I thought you were going to say right behind you. If you don't take one of those things down and put up a picture of that, I mean, that was just oh god. I that that's oh, I love it. I absolutely love it. Uh, speaking of fights, there's been a lot of announcements. UFC two ninety one. Jan Blahovich and Alex Pereira, do you think that now that Pereira moves up a weight class, that's a good welcome to the division? Oh, hell yeah. That's a great fight. Um, you know, for a couple of reasons. One, Jan has fought Stylebender, uh, beat Stylebender, you know, handled him. And so I think that there's an opportunity here for Vajeda to kind of come in there and, and obliterate the guy that beat Stylebender. And then, uh, you know, maybe if he ends up on his way to a championship, you know, that he can, you know, there could be another fight down the road for those guys maybe in another weight class because Izzy has tried to get that belt before. So kind of adds another storyline element to it. Um, you know, we've seen some of the other guys at the top of this division take on Jan, and, and they've gotten the better of them. So it's a it's a great welcome to the division fight. Two guys with a ton of power. Um, and Blahovich, as we've seen, he's a beast, man. Like, I think you get into these divisions and you think that, oh, he's going to – he's going to uh, – you know, be too old for the competition, but, you know, you can't really ever count them out. And, of course, there's another fight that I'm really looking forward to on that card, which we'll get to here in a moment. But first, let's talk about a couple of the others that have been announced for UFC 291. Bobby King Green gets back into the octagon against Tony Ferguson. Are we to the point where Tony Ferguson better go out there and win a fight if he wants to stay in the promotion? I mean, I would have thought we were already there. So I think that uh, he's got that name recognition where people are still going to be into watching him fight. But yeah, if you lose to Bobby Green, if that's a case where he's not able to, uh, if he's unable to get this one, I maybe that's the final straw to retirement. But no, I would have thought we were already there already. We also get uh, Kevin Holland versus Michael Chiesa on that card. Really good that's one. And then. Well, not as good as Dustin and Justin. I mean, goodness gracious. It's like, why, why, why are we waiting for them to announce this fight? Justin comes in. Justin Gaethje, that is. Figured most people listening right now know who I'm talking about when I say Dustin versus Justin. Justin plus 105, slight underdog. Dustin Poirier at minus 120. You want to talk about an absolute banger. Like, I, think, I personally, if you ask me right now who's the most exciting fighter, in the UFC, like if somebody's not a fight fan, but they're going to come and watch for a few minutes, I'd probably bring them in for like a Michael Chandler fight. But right after that, I think it's either Dustin Poirier or Justin Gaethje. Love this fight. And they're bringing back the BMF belt. What do you think about that? They, yes. uh, they have, they have, uh, they've brought it back the second version now that uh, Jorge Masvidal is officially retired. They are uh, bringing back the BMF belt, which I'm a fan of. I'm glad that it is. Uh, I hope that this is something that kind of gets passed along. Is the one thing with Jorge having it, like it never really got defended. So, 
I like the fact that they uh, they are bringing it back. Um, but I'm with you. As far as excitement goes, I've never seen a boring Dustin Poirier fight. I've never seen a boring Justin Gagey fight. These guys have fought before when Justin kind of first got to the promotion and Dustin gave him the business. Um, you know, and so I, I know this is one that Gagey's been wanting to get back for a long time. But I mean, he's somebody. I mean, like, it's so tough to be Dustin Poirier. He's so good in these chaotic wars that you know are just going to be all striking matches. Um, he usually always gets the best of it. Speaking of BMFs, we've got one of the uh, media fighting BMFs coming up here in our next segment from the New York Post. Eric Rickard's going to join us, so don't go anywhere. We also now know that uh, O'Malley and Sterling is going to be going down officially at UFC 292. It's not like we didn't know this is going to happen. This has been in the works now for a while. It's weird with Sean because we, you and I talk about this division all the time and how exciting it is and whether you want to talk about Marab or – you know, before that, Piotr Jan or Aljo or uh, all these different guys, right? Corey Sandhagen. This is this is the one. This is the one that, that I think we've been waiting for, both from both sides. Like the last couple of fights, you know, from from Aljo, eh, TJ Dillashaw, whatever, rematch with Jan before that, ho-hum. Now that we get Aljo versus O'Malley, all right, I'm in. Uh, don't go anywhere. I'm, go ahead. I just want to say it's good for Boston. They actually get to see, they'll get to see some championship now because it won't be basketball or hockey. Damn! Damn! Had to get that one in before we got out of here. From Miami, he is Brendan Tobin, the home of the Miami Heat. I'm the sports machine, Sean Levine. Coming up next, let's head out to the East Coast and bring on New York Post, Eric Richter, right here on Tapped Out.